Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Unique. You are unique. And I wrote it like that uh, because I wanted you to think about it. I think uniqueness is something that we hear a lot of now in a world that uh, celebrates diversity. And we get told how special we all are and, and oh, they've already turned that one on. That's great. Fantastic. Uh, I wasn't quite prepared for that. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's definitely got my attention. Uh, let me just pause a little minute here and uh, just take that one out for a second. And we'll just put that one. Oh, there. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be great because otherwise when I touch it a bit later, it's going to burn me. Uh, but we hear a lot about uniqueness and we hear a lot about it almost, though, I think entirely the wrong way. Uh, we hear about how unique you are as an excuse for the way you are and that your uniqueness somehow or other means you aren't like other people, so you don't have to fit in. And uh, because you're unique, you obviously are different. And there's all these things that now you don't have to subscribe to. I think that that is a certainly an aspect of uniqueness, but it's not the purpose of uniqueness. And that's what I want to speak to you about today is the purpose of your uniqueness. Let me just put on my MasterChef apron. Uh, because after all, I really am today your MasterChef. Psalm 139 verse 14, lots of you will know this verse. It says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made and that your soul knows very, very well. God says, I've made you special. You are different. You are unique. And the Bible says that knowing that is uh, something that we all need in our life. Marvellous are your works. You're not ugly. You're not bad. You are marvellous. Turn to your neighbour right now and say, you are actually marvellous. You are marvellous. Yes, you are. You're marvellous. Deuteronomy chapter 26 and verse 18, the Lord has declared today that you are His people. Watch this. You are His own special treasure, just as He promised, and that you must obey all of His commands. You and I are special to God and we're valuable to God. What about 1 Corinthians 12 verse 18? It says, but now God has sent the members, that's us, each one of them, in the body, just as He pleased. In other words, I am who I am because God wanted me to be the way I am. I am designed by God, so are you. Don't look at someone else who seems to be so much more gifted than you and go, why aren't I like them? Because God made you, Psalm 139, you are marvellously made. You've got to get this for a second because too many of us, we go, oh yeah, and straight away it goes into the forgotten part of our brain and we don't really ponder on it long enough to stop and ask ourselves the big question, why? Why does this matter? Why is it important that I understand? Why does God say you need to know that you're special, not just so that you can feel good, so that you can have a better kind of a self-image. There's a reason for your uniqueness. Your life is no accident. You are uniquely crafted by God. Watch this with a purpose in mind, a part to play that only you can do. So I 
over here is my magnificent oven that is now warming up. Some of you will know that I personally like scones. If there are scones on the menu at the cafe every single time, it's I'll have the scones. Thank you very much. Would you like jam and cream? Duh, of course I would uh, with that. And don't give me that cream out of the can thing. That is just disgusting. Hello, give me the good stuff. I want that like that. And I don't want uh, the kind of scones that if I say, are they fresh? You say, well, they used to be. Uh, I had that at a cafe once where I asked the girl, is that fresh? And she said, she looked at me, I appreciated her honesty. She said, well, it used to be. I said, thank you very much. I think I'll have something else. Uh, and on we go. So some of you will know I like scones. I like making them. I certainly love eating them, perhaps because they're so easy to make. There's basically only four ingredients when it comes to scones. One is you've got to have some uh, self-raising flour, two cups. Now, I'm not a chef. Uh, a chef would just go, that looks like two cups. You know, it's like when you watch the TV cooking shows and they go, just add in a tablespoon, then they pour in three cups. And I'm going like, wow. Hello, I'm a chemist. I'm a chemist. I measure stuff. So here we go. Here's one cup of self-raising flour. Two cups of self-raising flour. Two tablespoons of margarine or butter. I use margarine because it's softer, easier to whisk and all that kind of jazz. So let me get out my margarine here. Two cups of you that glad wrap could stick that well. And I'm gonna put that in there. There we go like that. One, one tablespoon only, one tablespoon, and I don't have a tablespoon, so we're just gonna make a wild guess at this. I reckon that's about it. Uh, <laughs> hello, stay with me today. All right, have a bit more because then. And uh, then you add some milk. Where's my, oh, here's my milk. Then you add the, uh, you whisk all that up supposedly and then you add some milk and away you go. And uh, then pretty soon give it some time in the oven and out comes scones, all right? So uh, let's just put that in there for a second. And uh, <laughs> let's see how that goes. How many of you here are going, yeah, I think I want to try those a bit later on. How many of you realise that there's a big fault with my, pro, with my process so far? How many, realize, how many of you don't realise that because you go, I don't cook anything, I burn toast, I can't boil water to save myself. Uh, if that's you, then you don't think that's uh, a problem. You've got a problem uh, because the ingredients are correct. I told you the right ingredients. I put them in roughly in the right measure. But here's the deal. Unless they're mixed together, this whole thing is never going to turn out well. And here's my point when it comes to your uniqueness and to mine, that you can be the right person, you can be in the right place, and you can be in the right time, but your uniqueness only has purpose and power in community. Did you get that? Your uniqueness, your specialness, only has purpose and power in community unless you get mixed in to the body of Christ. Too many people attend the body of Christ. Amen. Attending the body of Christ. Those ingredients are attending each other. 
They're in the same bowl. They're in the same building at the same time. Amen. But attending the body of Christ is not going to ever produce what it could produce if you and I will allow God to mix us in. Now, here's the problem with getting mixed in. Let me just use my MasterChef apron and get that out of there before it catches on fire or something ugly. Well, the margarine's melted. The problem with that is this. The problem with all of that issue is until you get mixed in, you don't ever get on the flavour of everything else. Is that right? Unless you get mixed in, your uniqueness is nothing more than a curiosity and a thing of interest. It's a bit like me saying, well, I can whistle and sing at the same time. I can. I've done it. Well, I used to be able to and I used to be able to until they fixed those teeth. Until <laughs> that guy knocked that tooth out, I was all right. I used to be able to, but just trust me. Trust me, I could. But you go, well, who cares? What's the point? Have you ever met a Christian whose uniqueness was something that you just go, well, and? Like, what's the point of all of that? See, today is about what's the purpose of your uniqueness. And if you and I isolate ourselves, we separate ourselves, we don't get mixed in, which I know can be uncomfortable. And I know can kind of, we go, but I'm going to get lost in the crowd. That's why some people go, I don't want to belong to a big church. I've heard people say, well, you know, I've heard pastors say to me, you know, uh, you know I'm just going to have a small church where everyone knows everyone. And I go, well, that's going to work until it's successful. I had a guy say to me, you know, my ideal church is 70. I said, well, you better pray God doesn't bless you. Because if He blesses you and sends on more people and more people come to Christ, which is what you're there for, and if more people come to Jesus and get disciples and start following Jesus, all of a sudden you won't know everyone in the building. But I don't have to know everyone in the building any more than one grain of sugar has got to meet every grain of flour. It's only got to get mixed in with what everyone else is doing. Isn't that right? And if, if you don't allow that to happen, trust me, your uniqueness will simply be an object of curiosity. We'll look at it and go, oh, that's nice. But you haven't understood what's going on. So number one is your uniqueness only has got purpose and power in community. But then some of us go, but Jeff, you don't understand how important my gift is. You don't understand how really big the thing that God has done in my life is so special. And you're like the person who comes along and goes, I really like sugar because I bring the sweetness. That flower is so chalky. It's so flaky. Ever met a flaky Christian? One of my friends once preached a sermon where it says, God needs more fruit, not nuts. It talks about the fruit of the Spirit, not the nuts of the Spirit. Just saying, all right? If that's you, just take it on board, all right? But can you imagine what happens if I'm making this recipe, these scones, where it calls for one tablespoon of sugar and I go, hello, who doesn't like sugar? I am important to this whole deal 
And the sugar goes, there ought to be more of me. People ought to know that I'm there. There needs to be some kind of celebration of my gift. And can you ever have too much of me? And all of a sudden the recipe, instead of having a beautiful flavour, can you imagine if I cook that up? A, the sugar's going to melt and caramelise. You're going to end up with treacle pikelets. It's not going to taste any good at all. If I put that in, should we put it in the oven just to have a look? Oh, yes, we should. Oh, yes, we should. We should. We definitely should. Let's see what happens with that. And by the way, Luke's standing by with the fire extinguisher, I hope. <laughs> Think about it a minute. Are you, have you got to be prominent? Have you got to stand out from the crowd? Or can you allow God just to put you in the right proportion in His body? Can you allow your uniqueness to be in balance? We complement, we don't compete. I was thinking about this today in the Apostle Paul who gets saved years after the day of Pentecost. And so the other apostles have been walking with Jesus for three and a half years. They've left everything to follow Him. They've gone off and then up comes this upstart out of nowhere who says, I was on the road to Damascus. Jesus appeared to me and now I'm an apostle. And they go, hello, we were with Him three and a half years. Who do you think you are? We left everything. What have you left? except a trail of destruction. And so all of a sudden, these guys could have resented the fact that this Apostle Paul, and then he starts saying, guess what? God's appointed me as the Apostle to the Gentiles. Peter's the guy who preaches to the house of Cornelius. He could have said, no, I was there before you. See, whenever we get, just keep an eye on that everybody, because... Whenever we get to that, listen, whenever we get to the point where I need to be celebrated, I need to be applauded, I need to be thanked, I need a title that reflects my importance. If ever we got to, one of the things that we've always loved and celebrated here is that somebody can be a worship leader there one day and be singing in the choir the next. That People were doing that today and none of them go, oh, you don't understand. I'm a frontline vocalist. Just pardon me while I warm up. Ah, ma, 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 ma. Nobody here in this place ever does that. And so I know that I'm talking about something that none of you here ever do. But I'm just saying, can you allow God? Listen, there may be some seasons where you are so upfront. You have the book of Acts. By the time you get to about Acts chapter 12, it stops being about Peter, James, John and the other guys whose names we don't even remember. Anybody here heard of Bartholomew? What did Bartholomew do after the day of Pentecost? Blow if I know. He went to India somewhere and said, well, it's not in the Bible. And it starts being about the Apostle Paul. Can you live in the kind of way with God so that one minute you can be the focus and the next minute not? Amen. It's important. I better take this out. I've got a funny feeling it's going very pear-shaped in here. Yes. I'll give it, oh, this will be out in the cafe later for those of you who wish to. 
It'll be completely free, by the way. You can go and enjoy that with my compliments. Don't you worry about that. So my uniqueness has to be in balance in my life, for sure. We can get the right ingredients and the right proportion, get them mixed thoroughly, which is what I've done here. As they say on MasterChef, here's one I prepared earlier. <laughs> Do you know, by the way, that Roberto say it in this church, he actually was a behind-the-scenes chef on MasterChef. If you'd gone to his Metro Life ever, if he invites you, you definitely ought to go. Just, I'm just saying, it's not about the food, but it is pretty good. <laughs> so here I've mixed up the flour, quarter teaspoon of salt. I've mixed in until it resembles breadcrumbs. I think the recipe's actually in the, the notes this time here. And uh, then I need to add a little bit of milk and I need to use my mother's flat-bladed knife to mix it in. Don't use a whisk. You overwork the ingredients. So I'm getting all the yeses from the, from the ladies who know what it's all about. Luke, where are you? Are you there, Luke? Or oh, is that you, Leanne? Come on, Leanne. You can come and help. Do you know how to cook scones? Do. She doesn't like getting stuff on her hands. Just, make, just put a little bit of milk in there for me. No, actually, I'll do that. I'll do the complicated part. Yeah, this one needs, you need to have technique. Yeah, that's all right. You don't, no, don't put your back to the crowd. That's, they want to look at you. Ready? Just start mixing. You're on, you go. There you go. Look at that. Look at a little bit of milk. Keep going. Mix it all in, Leanne. Now we're doing what we said. We're mixing it all in. Just a little bit of milk. Keep going. Keep going. It's hard to get a good apprentice. <laughs> keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Hope I didn't melt that. Keep going. You going good? Oh, I yeah, need a bit more. A, bit, a little bit more. Thank you. Thank you for your word of advice. There you go. Is it getting there yet? Nearly there. Great. Keep going. There you go. A little bit more. You're getting a good... Oh, that's getting... See, when it gets to about there, you really don't want to go... Oh, there's a little bit... Yeah, I just, I'd add a little bit more just down the bottom there because we don't want to have all flaky bits. We aren't flaky Christians. Don't need that. That can get out of the way. Don't need that. I don't know what it was even there for. Ready? Very good. Thank you, Leanne. No, no, Leanne. Don't, sure, Leanne. Just st don't go too far away. We sprinkle a little bit of flour on the board. Don't, don't anyone see I did this? It'll be all right, don't you? Get all worried down there. Going, ooh, that didn't look too good. I'm one of those chefs, I, you know where they don't clean it out? I, I always clean the bowl, like I get every skerrick out. It's because we were poor. Bit of flour on the top so that when you get it together like this, use your hands. Did you wash them before? Hey, the heat will kill it. What are you worried about? Are you going to cook it, aren't you? Come on, man. Don't be like that. 
Now, what happened to my, oh, here's my um, baking paper. And then my scone cutter that I got given about a month ago. Before that, I'll use the glass. This is just so good, this one. Some of you are going, is this a sermon? <laughs> Some of you are going, God, he's not really a Bible teacher. Where's the Greek and the Hebrew? Hey, be quiet, Trevor. I come to your house, you never made me scones, I bought them myself. There you go. Anybody like dates in their scones? Good, I'm going to put dates in all of them now. Here we go. You say, but it's a bit messy. Hey, I've got grandkids. They don't care. I remember once we all announced that we had Sunday night and the pastors were all going to make something. I announced I was making ginger beer and all these people from some other countries thought we were making beer and they're going like, the pastors are making beer. Mind you, I do know some churches where that wouldn't be a problem, but there you are. So here we go. We've now got the stage where we've got it all nicely made and now we're going to put it in our oven, which is a... 220 degrees. 220 degrees, away it goes. And so there you are. That's how easy scones are. What? Place two cups. This is my sister's recipe, so don't knock it. No, none of this lemonade in your scones either, by the way. That's cheating. Just, just follow this recipe. It's there in the, it's there in the notes for you. Your uniqueness is important. And after we've done all of this and we've made them all and I've, I've made sure I've got the ingredients in the right balance, I've made sure that I've mixed them all. And so we go, here it goes, it's fantastic. But there's one more ingredient that we've forgotten. And that ingredient is something called time, thank you. Could I have my lovely assistant again, please? Thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you being here today. And, uh, you know, I'm in a hurry for God to hurry up and use my life. I, I kind of go like, God, I'm ready. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, I'm ready. God, I, I, I have this vision. I have this dream. I feel called. And I've got all the right ingredients for that. I was a naughty boy. I've got all those things happening, Leanne. I've got it all mixed up. It's not like this horrible mess. And I say to God, God, I'm ready. And he goes, not yet. Do you know out of all the things I've ever heard God say to me, not now is the worst. You know what I mean? When I say to God, God, I'm ready for this. And he goes, not now. And I go, and I've got to be honest, there's been a few times when I've done an Abraham 
and said, I can't wait any longer. I'm going to make it happen. God, you are not going fast enough. I'm going to, I'm going to help you out. And I've helped him out and created Ishmael's. So let's just say we can't wait any longer. Oh, don't, don't all come out. Leanne, why wait? <laughs> Have a scone, Leanne. Thank you. Could I, could I save it for later? Could you save it? Would you like to try it or not? Maybe. Why not? Why not? It's not quite ready yet. Ah, put it back on there. Thank you. Put it back on the tray. Notice how they're all beside each other. That's part of the secret, according to my sister. I'll get you back. Just give Leanne a hand and thank her. Your uniqueness will, listen to me, will take time to be developed. Amen? You come to this church, you hear about the emphasis on finding your destiny, your purpose in God. Pastor Bruce enrolls you in the shape course and you go along there and you do personality profiles and spiritual gift questionnaires and you come out of there with a label and you come out of there going, I believe God's called me to kids ministry, I'm ready. And so off you go down there to Genevieve and the team and you get in there and the first week you're there, the kids are yawning and they don't want to look at you and they don't want to listen to you and you can go away going, I missed it in this. Pastor Bruce, that questionnaire thing you gave me was all wrong. And my answer to you would be, no, you haven't given it enough time yet. Amen. You're like a scone that someone dragged out of the oven after three minutes and decided that they were tired of waiting. How many people know that you have no idea what the time is that you need to have in your life? Amen. I, I know this much. It doesn't take just in my life. It doesn't take just the right ingredients. Psalm 75 verse 6 says, For promotion comes neither from the east nor from the west, but nor from the south. But God is the judge. Watch this. He puts down. He puts down. He can put you in a place where you're anonymous. He can put you in a place where they aren't cheering for you, where they aren't saying what we really need is you. I have discovered in my life, I have been the golden haired boy that could do no wrong and I've been the spiritual leper that no one wanted to touch. Ask me which one did me the most good. It wasn't the former, it was always the latter. Because I began to discover in my uh, anonymous times when I wasn't being celebrated, I began to discover what my true motives were. I began to find out, was I there for God or was I just there for me? Was I there because I had a gift and I wanted it all to work? Psalm 75 says, God puts down and then He puts up. John 21 verse 20, Peter turning around saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following who leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who's the one who betrays you? He's talking about back there at the uh, last supper. Peter seeing him said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said, if I will that he remains till I come, what's that to you? Run in your lane. Don't worry about how someone else is running in theirs. Amen. Listen to me. I'll make this statement to you. You want to remember it. God's got a plan, but he's also got a time. 
Amen. God's got a plan. And I don't know, because some of us, we fall trap into that. My daughter, Rebecca, preached here years and years ago. I've never forgotten this message. I thought it was the best I ever heard. She preached on the only person running out of time is the devil. It was such a great message. The only one running out of time is the enemy. The Bible says he knows that his time is short, but yours isn't. Amen. God's in control. He's going to bring it to pass. Don't stress out, worry out about you think I've got to hurry up because after all, now I'm 25 and I'm still not married. I'm 30 and I still don't have a job paying me eight figures. You know, I've been in this church for five years and I'm not called pastor yet. Huh? Or I'm 65 and I'm about to retire and I don't feel like I've found out why I'm even on the earth. All of those are symptoms of feeling like I'm running out of time. Amen. God's got a plan and God's got also a time. Here's number four. Your uniqueness should result in blessing to others. In a minute, I'm going to take these beautiful scones Biscuits, Americans call them, I think. I'm going to take them out of the oven. But you know, if I ate the whole lot, I'm really not going to feel too very good the rest of the afternoon. Listen to this great verse out of Proverbs. And I'm going to read it to you out of the message version of the Bible. And you can hear what it says. This Proverbs 25, 16 says this, Eat too much chocolate. Now I hear some people, somebody side stage said, there's no such thing as too much chocolate. The King James Bible calls it honey. But the message version updates it and says, eat too much chocolate and you'll make yourself sick. So everything about my life, the gift that God's given you is not meant to be about, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. You've got to remind yourself that everything about your life is meant to be for others' sake. Amen. He set you in the body as He pleased, but He never just set you there so the rest of the body can go, wow, you're the best eye we've ever had. We have the best nose of any person we've ever That's not what it's about. It's about what am I going to do for others? Amen. Christianity that doesn't result in blessing other people is stunted and deformed Christianity. Amen. How my scorn's going in there. So they're going to eventually come out of there if this oven, which is brand new, Rhonda bought me this for Christmas and I'm going to buy her a new vacuum cleaner. Wonder, I guess what I got, you'll never guess it's a new mop. No, no, she did buy me that for Christmas. She really did. Yeah, okay. All right. So hopefully it's still working in there and cooking away. But in a minute, we'll take them out and I'm going to share them. We're going to believe together for the feeding of the 5,000. All I need is 12 men and women of faith to come and take half a scone each, and then begin to distribute to the crowd. (laughs) 
I never realized that this message, because in my head this worked out very differently. <laughs> and now I'm kind of going like, oh God. Oh well. So everything about your life is meant to produce blessing for others. Here's number five. Is your uniqueness should point people to God. Now, I don't mean to say that it's got to be all. Yeah, have you ever given a Christian a compliment and they go, oh, no, that wasn't me, that was the Lord? And my response is always the same. I always go, well, that's funny because it sure looked like you. Be able to take a compliment. But if you come to me later and say, Jeff, those scones were amazing, you're probably not going to say, that's the best oven I've ever seen. That flour must have been magnificent. That sugar must have been exceptional. You're probably going to go, you can really cook. And I'll go humbly. (laughs) That old thing. And then I'll tell you what I will tell you. I would say this to you. I'd say, it was my sister who taught me how to make scones. Because it was. I, I made them and they turned out like rocks. I followed my mum's recipe and they were disgusting. You know, you could break your teeth on those scones. And I said to my sister one day, I rang her up and I said, Judy, what am I doing wrong? She said, use a flat bladed knife. Don't overwork it. I went, oh, mum never said that. Probably because she never needed to. She was in a hurry with seven kids. And then she said, Make sure you put them on the baking tray beside each other. Don't separate them out. See, look at all the ladies here who knew all that stuff. Where were you when I needed you? (laughs) So I'm going to point back to the person who helped me do it. And isn't that exactly the same? When, when, listen, when God uses you, accept the compliment, but do what someone told me. I was only a young Christian. They said, if someone gives you praise, someone gives you a compliment, go home and then stop and take a moment and say, God, I'm going to give you all that praise. Because without you, I never could have done it. Without you, I never would have had the courage. I never would have had the ability. You were the one who gave that to me. Amen. Let's see how these things are going. Stupid thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let me finish with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6 and 7. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but it's God who gives the increase. Amen. The older I get, the more aware I am of what I am not able to do. The older I get, the more I am enamored with God's great power. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling, Jude says. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even think according to the power that works in us, Paul wrote to the Ephesians. Or 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6 and 7. God has made us able. Listen to me today. If you don't have God in your life, you are missing out. Not just because you won't have a faith or a hope or an anchor for your soul 
but you're missing out on the power of the Holy Spirit working with you and being with you. The one who does more than we're able to do. The one who's able to overflow beyond my capacity, beyond my ability to think or even ask, it says. So I want to pray right now for people here who will say to me, Jeff, I don't know Jesus. Jeff, I'm not walking with God. Whatever language you would put around that, you might have gone to church or maybe you've never been in your life. You might think, well, I'm a person of faith because I believe in God. But you know that that's not the same as what people around you here seem to have. And you know that there's more to it than that. Can I encourage you? As simple as this is, that's a simple recipe. It's not complicated. Four, maybe five ingredients. But you know, if you just follow the simple process, you'll end up with something beautiful and something worth having. In exactly the same way, if you will say yes to Jesus, invite Him into your life, you'll have something worth having in your life for sure. Father, we pray today in Jesus' Name. Lord, there are people that You are reaching to right now in this building, outside of this building, and even outside of this time space. People, Lord, that'll stumble on this on the internet, on the YouTube channel. And out of everything they've heard, this will be the bit that speaks to them, that God loves them and God wants to help them and that God wants to come into their life and change them. Lord, we believe that we can be born again. We can have a fresh start. We don't have to remix the old, pretty it up. We can have a brand new beginning in You. I thank You for that, Lord, in Jesus' Name. Just right now, right where you are. Why not give Jesus your yes right where you are? Before you do anything else, just say, Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I'm going to open my life to you. I'm going to try and walk with you. I'm asking you to help me. I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm saying I need you to do it for me and through me and in me. In Jesus' Name. If that's you, why don't you make this prayer I'm about to pray yours. Say these simple words as a prayer to Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me. I need Your forgiveness for all my past. I need Your strength for my tomorrows. I want You to come into my life and lead me. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. 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 Father, thank You for those people, whoever they are, wherever they are, whenever they're doing it. Thank You for their yes to You in the Name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Look this way a minute. If you said yes to Jesus, why don't you send us your yes? You can send it via text if you're in Australia to 0488-826-392. If you're outside of Australia, or you just go look, email's, email's better for me then you can send it through yes.metrochurch.org.au. Either way, if you do that, our team will send you back the next day a Bible verse and a prayer. We want to walk with you and encourage you. We want to cheer you on as you start following Jesus in your life. Matter of fact, we're going to do that right now just by giving you a big hand and saying congratulations. Can we do that right now? 
right on cue. Touch your earlobe, it's got the least number of nerves of any part of the body. Leanne, where are you? Come over here, Leanne. What would it be if we don't try it together? My God, that you keep playing. That is who you are. All right, better. We don't need that much sugar. Preach on lamb roast next week. You should bring a friend next week, Kayla. I went to the nuttiest church I've ever been to. Seriously, the pastor, he was, I don't know what he was on, but, but he made good scones. Now I'm going to give the rest of these scones to anyone who's over 100. My time's gone. Thank you for those of you who have given your yes to Jesus. It will be the most important, powerful thing you've ever done in your life, without a doubt. God bless you for it. Thank God for His salvation that'll come to your life. Thank you too for all those of you who are giving. It's such an important part of our world and life here at Metro. When we talk here about blessing, it's something that we practise. We do it all the time. We are united together saying, God, let us have our gifts and our talents, all our resources, we put them at your disposal. So Father, thank you for the generosity of your people. Thank you for the blessing that flows from heaven over givers in such a special way. Thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' Name, Amen. I think we should just sing Waymaker as Pastor Bruce comes and I finish my scone. That is who we are. Oh, you are. We 